Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate this is joe cole this is ruben off the cheek and you're listening to the london, london is blue podcast, podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast uh, post Frank edition, as we shall now know this time in Chelsea's history. Uh, coming at you with the Wolves match review. As always, your host, Brandon, join my Nick and Dan and highly esteemed guest, uh, good mm. old friend Mike Ryan Ruiz from uh, what's your podcast called again? Chelsea Mic'd Up. I All right. did not name it. I did not name it. You didn't have to lean into the mic there. It's just normal, normal voice. <laughs> I have good. a crude setup for you guys. I want to make sure Chelsea it sounds Mike. as good. Please don't send out videos so everyone can know that it's just me like trying to not wake my baby daughter up by screaming into a jerry-rigged foam box. This <laughs> is the start of your Chelsea a- ASMR videos, Mike. That's what's going to happen here. I was very disappointed today <laughs> to just get one point. But Wolves have an identity, a cohesive midfield, and a stout defense that makes it very difficult to earn all three points when you have a new manager with just one training session. More to come uh, from Real Mike, which will, which will be good because yeah. we've got a lot to talk about. A lot happened in this one. Obviously, more around the pitch than on said pitch. So we'll definitely dive into a lot of that. But first, we got to celebrate records, Dan. When records come to the club, we brag about them. We boast about them. Hence, our podcast's name, London is Blue. Well, London is Blue, but also the FAWSL is blue as hell right now. Emma Hayes, Blue and White Army, 32 unbeaten matches in a row. It is the new record record setting match today uh, amazing victory tons of awesome goals uh kerr harder and, and and others just absolutely demolishing continuing to run riot in every competition they're in but this is a stunning a- achievement and accomplishment nick and you know i mean we've got some you know quotes i want to pull out some audio that we'll make sure jake kind of throws in here just emma's you know post-match comments about what it means but damn man like so fucking good yeah, so 32 is a lot. <laughs> let's just frame that up really quick. That's a big number. Uh, let's not overlook that. And then the I think the stunning thing is they beat their own record. Like this is not this is not like you you just you know you're going after it's like the Liverpool Manchester United Premier League title thing. It's 
they're just beating themselves. They're just trying to have excellence all over the place. And uh, I think if you are a Chelsea football club fan and you're looking for good quality football for a team that scores goals and entertains, the Chelsea women are the team for you, Mike. This team is fun as hell to watch. They have great talent all over the field. They have world-class players in almost every position, it seems. It's great. I'm running out of ways to talk about this women's team uh, and their greatness and the fact that the toughest competition they have seems to be on the training ground. Emma Hayes has really cultivated uh, a culture of competition, yet togetherness. Everyone on that team seems to be rooting for the other one, um, even though there is very high-level competition for playing time on this team. Uh, the goal is beyond the, the Women's Super League. While the Manchester teams and Arsenal have played Chelsea tough in individual matchups, it, it's pretty clear that um, the Women's Super League is a relative flat track for this Chelsea women's team right now. They have bigger aspirations, European aspirations. That's really where their goals are set. Uh, that's what we're all anticipating right now. Uh, I, people sometimes want to overlook the Community Shield, but given how, uh, the nature of Chelsea's Women's Super League last year, that kind of felt like a proper championship match. So uh, I really value the Community Shield that they won at the beginning of the season. Um, a tried and true treble is uh, in the cards for this team. Um, I love watching them play. Uh, I love the tenacity. I love what we had Emma Hayes on Chelsea mic'd up, plug, plug, uh, and, and her being able to apply some of the things that she learned from the American game, that killer instinct, um, the, the need to just kill games. Um, she approaches things with a very American mentality. She said so um, herself, and I... I I run the risk of sounding just like my own echo chamber when I talk about this team's greatness because it's just redundant, thudding. Every week, it's just hitting you in the face with their greatness. It's it's not often we get a one-up you on the guest, uh, but we've actually uh, had dinner and shared beers with Emma Hayes before, and she is hilarious. Uh, she's funny. She's thoughtful. She offered to make us tea when we were at Cobham. I mean, like she, she is everything that you would want in a manager and deserves all the, all the credit she's going to get. And if, if this team runs through early stages of the champions league, like they ran through Benfica, look out <laughs> about 19, 20 nil, I think on aggregate, something like that. Yeah, definitely a, a hyper competitive group, which rings back to, uh, you know, when Frank and, and JT and drugs talked about how the competition and training was is so hard. And Joe Cole, when we've been able to talk to him, he talks, he refers back to that being such a crucial, crucial part of their success. So uh, enough from us. Let's go ahead and throw it over to the gaffer herself, Emma Hayes, about these accomplishments. Here you go. Uh, Emma, well done. We'll, we'll get on to the significance of the results soon enough. But what about the performance from your team? Exceptional tonight. I mean, we, we, we know that this is a tough place to come. The ground is quite boggy. So I thought we moved the ball really well. In the first half, I thought 2-0 was justified, two quality goals, and happy for both my strikers. You know, the pressure's always on for them to score goals. So happy at half-time, thought second half, took us a while to get going. Two more quality goals, and it's great to bring on two young players for the debuts tonight. Difficult fixture, not just in terms of the pitch, but obviously the added motivation for Villa playing in front of a new manager. You knew that was going to add something extra to the game. I know that manager as well. I knew it was going to be difficult to break down and... 
the days of winning here easily have ended, I think. It's going to be a difficult place to come to, but I'm really pleased with, with the result and, and the fact that we've been able to get the entire squad sort of playing games in and around this. Talk about the record then, 32 games unbeaten. What does it mean to you personally? You know what, any time anybody speaks about it, I refuse to have a conversation about it because I, I think you have to be, stay so present in this business that if you start looking up a league table, you look at those and all of a sudden it's taken away, you're faced with the, the disappointments or you've run away with yourself. So to actually achieve it is, I said, just said this to the players, it's not a trophy, but it's a huge milestone in a hugely competitive league. This team will go down in history. I'm certain of it. I know that sometimes when you're winning a lot, there's just that expectation you're going to keep doing it. You know, this is the best Chelsea team that, we, that I've ever had. And I know the fans appreciate that. And um, it would have been great to celebrate with them, but I'm, I'm, I'm you know, that's a, that's a proud record tonight. When did you become aware that it was getting closer? And is that something that you, you let get into the camp? Or? Rich Goddard let me know. He let... let let me know, and I think I let Paul know, and I kept saying, I don't want to talk about it, and then he let other comes, I said, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want anything to do with it until that moment came. So I knew coming into the game, if we won, that we would achieve that, but I just don't, I don't focus on it because I've got so much experience, I understand what you have to do to perform in every single moment. Obviously, you need talented footballers to achieve something like this, but you need personalities, you need that mentality, strength of character. It's something that goes right through this group, isn't it? Somebody asked me this question, for any asked me this question earlier, she said, how do you know? How do you know what you're recruiting and why do I get it right so many times? I'm like, because at the heart of it, I pick good humans. And if I feel in the recruitment process that someone's not committed to the same ambitions, they're not committed to the same ideas around teams, I'll, I'll, I won't bring them to the club. And there's some top, top players who are not in a Chelsea shirt for that reason. So I'm, I'm happy I stand by that value. I've learned that through failures in coaching, that if you compromise that, you compromise everything. So I'm proud to represent the great group that we have. Players on the pitch and yourself and your coaching staff, there's a whole team that works behind the scenes. There are players who haven't been involved tonight. It is a collective effort. It has to be to achieve something like this. Yeah, I mean, there's a, we're often referred to as a bit of a machine in the way we operate. It has to be with high performance. It has to be with the demands and the expectations we place. This badge deserves the best. And... Uh, as I said, I'm really proud to produce a team that are champions of England and hopefully we go on to more silverware in my time. Amazing achievement. You're right to be incredibly proud of it. Congratulations. We look forward to you setting more records. Thanks very much. All right, so let's go ahead and pivot back to the men with our three-word match review, Dan, and then we'll get into uh, exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, a couple different blocks here. Obviously, excitement for uh, for Tuchel's first game. Uh, B, B. Joan SQ with the wonderful, it's Tuchel time! Trying to do it like it's turbo time. Mm. Nick is not a fan and shaking no. his head. <laughs> but uh, it made me laugh. Uh, Michael had Thomas to Cal. Uh, trying to kind of get a little pun in there. Uh, George going with the first team tryouts because obviously we saw a lot of players that have not regularly featured bring, in the team. Bring recently. the walk-ons in. Let's go. Come on. Everybody's in. 
Uh, obviously, it was not the most exciting match, so uh, Kate definitely came in with the men's game meh, but then followed up with the women's game winning. Absolutely. Derek with the Chelsea ZZ. Uh, you know, we had Tana with experience lineup snooze fest and our friend Jonathan with won't need Ambien Oof. because let's watch this match back. And then uh, just a few for Callum, who had a wonderful, wonderful day. Uh, Ryan with Tuchel loves Cho and then Chris with the Tommy's chosen one. No, Tommy, huh? He, he definitely does form- not look like a Tommy. This, I think we can. This is a formal <laughs> Thomas. Thomas the Tank. This is Thomas, not Tommy. I don't know. Um, I mean, a lot of a lot of people not impressed, which I guess. But like, I I looked at it with excitement of like what might be coming. So I put on to new pastures. I wanted to. I was looking forward to what we might be able to pull out of this, albeit a very small sample. Uh, but I will admit that I couldn't possibly sit down for all 90 minutes and watch it. So I was working out during it and just kind of looking out of the corner of my eye in case it was a train wreck. I wanted an alibi to like not watch it. So yeah, um, yeah cheater. Did you sit through it, Nick, in all of its glorious misery? I mean, to be fair, I was I was working um, uh, norm- of as course. a normal job during the day. But yeah, I, w- I was trying to pay as much attention as I could and then watch some of it back after work. And it wasn't any better. What'd you so. come up with for your three-word match review? Ventured, not gained. I, you know, it was a, it wasn't for a lack of trying. I, I think there was good effort today. It just wasn't particularly effective. Was actually, I was actually working out and working at the same time while watching. Sick, the game. sick, <laughs> sick. And, um, Air squats. Yeah. <laughs> the standing uh, desk. Uh, and and trading socks all at the same time. <laughs> and uh, one training session is is my three-word match review this is it's a nightmare matchup to face a team that knows exactly who they are uh while you're trying to figure out who you are um and you have some injury and a lot of upheaval especially on social media this was a difficult breakup and it was kind of weird for me i'm sure you guys covered it on your recent episodes this this one hit the closest thing to this was obviously Jose second go round, but um, the club's in a much better standing right now. Just when you look at the table, even after this one point effort, uh, we've never had a, a, a tried and true club legend of the Roman Abramovich era take the reins of this club, and we all wanted him to succeed so much. So I'm still very much in like a mourning phase, and and ju- and just seeing a new manager was weird. It, it was yeah. it was it was yes. very weird, and him hugging our our players afterwards. It was just all I was just I, I kind of no. felt like I I needed more time. It, it was like it was like I kind of had the you're not my real dad yeah. feeling, you know. Like <laughs> although Christian Christian seemed like he he, right. he had his real dad finally. Yeah, uh, I loved the the meme that was out there where someone took the stepbrothers scene with Will Ferrell <laughs> in the back. It's like I'm not yeah. gonna call him dad, but they put yeah. the Mason Mount face of Will Ferrell. <laughs> it's just incredible. Yeah, it's a, yeah. I, I think tables I feel, have turned. I feel the same way though. I mean, I I'm not done grieving that loss, you know. And like, of course, it's you know he's not dead, but you know. He's a guy that I, you know, I, I rooted for a tremendous amount, and I'm extremely uh, disappointed with how it all ended. So, yeah, I feel you, Dan. Don. Uh, I, I rounded out with start your engines. You know, 
new manager in comes right in out of the gate has to perform and deliver and uh it does not get much easier than <laughs> uh getting to play a uh out of form wolf side so uh it is only going to become more challenging so pedal to the metal all right they were, they were i'm sorry but um not to cut you off there brandon but uh even for wolves, they were really defensive, <laughs> like really defensive. Side so just when you have uh, the elephant in the room, which is, you know, the emotion of losing Frank Lampard, a new manager in just 24 hours to formulate a plan uh, against a, a pretty staunch team, you knew that you couldn't really overreact to this game. And then wolves and even more. By being more wolvesy than we're we're used to, um, and some of the same issues that we've seen pop up during Sorry Ball and and Frank Lampard, just the inability to unlock uh, some of these defensive-minded teams, and you didn't have the uh, Eden Hazard button uh, to fire off, which is just put your head down, bully your way into the box, and make something happen. It wasn't quite hopeful, Cross FC as we've been lamenting lately. Um, there was uh, the occasional effort to try to turn a corner, make something happen with your speed, but still, there, there wasn't someone directly from uh, the very top of the box trying to make something happen. You're just rooting for a perfect pass, and uh, we, we don't have that bully on the inside that can make things happen right now. Definitely, definitely, I think a lot we can pull out of this. I think to begin, though, we will talk about the fact that it was Tuchel's first match at the helm, even if, to your point, had one training session at 6 p.m. the night before a match. <laughs> um, and what we can take away from the first 90 minutes, if anything. Uh, player performances and what we learned about uh, what how they may fit into the new manager's plans. And obviously the Dan of the match and table review. So uh, real quick, um, huge thank you to NG4, Andrew Andrew D, Johan, and Jose for uh, joining us up on Patreon. Uh, appreciate the support. Uh, getting the Discord gifts coming soon. Dan, uh, getting more love on the old five-star Apple reviews, aren't you? Yeah, Apple Podcasts blowing up. It's like GME in here. It is just to the moon with those five-star reviews. But we want to thank Nick Faz, Log Silic, Popshaw3, Hales, uh, and then Death Star. Yes! For some wonderful five-star reviews and Apple Podcasts, we appreciate the love. Uh, uh, <laughs> I just am laughing, Nick, before I throw housekeeping to you because uh, we've been trying to lock in Matt Law about All every week. eight hours. We've yeah. got something new. Apparently, he's been busy this week. Quite busy. Um, I don't know with what. I mean, it just seems really selfish that he wouldn't be Homeschooling the show. is what he's saying. Uh, yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, we're we're hopeful Friday. <laughs> Nothing will happen Friday this week. Uh, that that's our our hope. It's you know every day just seems to be a new thing. So hopefully uh, you'll hear something from Matt ASAP. All right. Well, after uh, an extended uh, intro, we are going to jump into the formal match review. Here it was Wolves in the Premier League this past Wednesday. 27th of January at Stanford Bridge. Scoreline nil nil. But we're going to go ahead and turn it over to the Fifth Stand app, uh, the official Chelsea FC app, where you can hear the Chelsea Mike Top podcast and get all of the highlights and interviews dropped first there. Uh, obviously, no goals to run back, but some highlights from the match. Here we go. 
Thomas Tuchel has wasted no time in taking charge of Chelsea as a new era dawns at Stamford Bridge. Less than 24 hours since the German coach was announced as the new Blues boss, Tuchel assumes responsibility for this evening's fixture against Wolves. That's Hudson Adoy to get the ball in across the six-yard box. No one there in blue can touch it home from a yard out. Wonderful delivery though. Just a four-man wall. Ruben Neves for Wolves here. It's a good hit, but it's over the crossbar by a metre or so, maybe even more in the end. Way towards the far post again, and the header down. Really good, he's well saved. Patricia, that gets down well to his left, may well have been creeping in at the near post. That's again, with a shot. Over the crossbar. Well, that's the first time that Chelsea have really worked the ball to create the opportunity. This is Mendy way outside of his penalty area, and the pass not so good. And Wolves will come forward here, and this is Pedro Neto takes it inside. Pedence for Pedro Neto again, gets a little lucky with a bounce, still going forward off the top of the crossbar. And Chelsea get lucky, Wolves unable to punish the Blues. He has to recycle, and the curling effort isn't that far away from Kovacic. An instant impact, is it, from Christian Pulisic? Really good attacking down the outside. And he's at the door with a chance here. Still going. Let's take a slight deflection route. Patricio palms it away. And that was with Mount and Abraham lurking. Yeah, it's unlucky. That's better, isn't it? And it comes, oh. it is a good cross, and the header from Havertz was goal-bound, but for the intervention of a clutch of Wolves centre-halves. And Thomas Tuchel's first game in charge of Chelsea ends in a draw against Wolves. It has finished at Chelsea nil, Wolves nil. All right, Daniel, Danathan, run us through the lineup. This Danathan. is Tuchel's first lineup, and I do appreciate that he gave some context to his lineup, didn't he? Well, yeah, he said that it was about experience. They didn't have a lot mm -hmm. of time to train. So, you know, uh, hashtag one training session, you know, it was done and over. And he just kind of had to pick the experience. And so uh, we also saw tons of 11s out there like the hour before the match. Like, oh, my gosh, this player's in. Oh, my gosh, he's going to be playing a back 10. And, you know, all these things that didn't actually end up happening. So the real lineup, though, was Edouard Mendy between the sticks. There was Rudiger, Silva, uh, Azpilicueta as a back three. You had Chilwell and Callum Hudson-Odoi as a wingback solution with Jorginho Kovacic and Hakim Ziyech uh, and Kai Havertz, along with Olivier Giroud as a very fluid attacking amorphous blob in the front of our lineup and then Ketha Reith Blaga, Marcus Alonso, Kurt Zuma, Reese James, Emerson, and Timo Werner, all our unused substitutes. And then very late into the match, 76 minute, 77th minute, and 82nd minute, respectfully, you saw Tammy Abraham, Christian Pulisic, and Mason Mount all come off the bench. That's a mouthful. All right. It, and cool. well, yeah, you, you had to use all three subs in there too. So top line stats, Chelsea with 79% possession, 14 shots, five on target to Wolves, four shots, none on target, although they hit the crossbar, scarily enough. Uh, we had a thousand touches. I don't know the last time we had a thousand touches, um, but that was a lot. And the fact we had almost 900 passes, 898, Wolves had 242 passes. <laughs> we had like, we had like four and a half times what they did. Uh, we had 15... They weren't playing football. <laughs> right. 
Uh, 15 tackles to their five. They had 10 clearances to our eight. We had 12 corners to their one. Uh, a caution apiece, and we conceded 14 fouls to their seven. Uh, and one pushdown for Neto. Uh, Jorginho took it like a champ, though, and stayed on the ground. Milked it for everything he could. <laughs> uh, Nick, that's, just... <laughs> that's what experience gets you, my friends. That's it right there. That's Some of the, the contribution. The dark arts, is that what you're saying? Yep. All right. Uh, Dan, what a wild XG this was. The fact that it wasn't a 3-3 thriller, I just, I don't understand it. Yeah, point, point 0.7 to point 0.5. You know, it was really <laughs> just edging over one total expected goal between the two sides. So, uh, yeah, fair, question mark? Fair. Mm, all right. Uh, well, look, we are well into this. We're going to take our ad break so we can get back to the good stuff. But thanks to these sponsors for financially supporting the show. Hope you enjoy it. We'll be right back. All right, so first one up is that, yes, Tuchel only had a single training session with the team yesterday evening, but he's already managed his first Premier League match in a nil-nil draw versus Wolves. So uh, nice and easy. Let's open the gates, gentlemen. What did we take away from today's performance? Nick, get out your note cards. I know you like to take notes during the match, just Mm. like Jose and his little pad. Uh, What was one thing you took away from today's performance? I I mean, we've talked about this for a couple of, Months now, months probably. Um, possession does not equal sexy. I like. I. I. I know. I know I'm, that's I'm where. I'm telling Rizzo. Sorry that. <laughs> yeah, give him my <laughs> regards while you're at it. Um, I. I. Ju- it's. It's so frustrating. Uh, to you know, the team passed the ball really well today. I mean, there was some great interchange. The players looked up for it. There was a lot of energy in the performance. But when you have a team like Wolves, like West Ham, like Burnley, teams that are incredibly good at doing one thing, which is sitting back, absorbing pressure, and then countering the absolute hell out of you, this is what happens. It's like running into a brick wall over and over and over again. There's no space in behind. The, the one time that Callum got in, you know, Olivier kind of whiffed on the, on the near post uh, little tap-in that was, that was there. It just... It was incredibly frustrating. It had to be frustrating to play. I can't imagine just watching it. But Mike, to me, this was a. It, this is going to be what defines Chelsea's season. Is if we just keep running into a wall, how successful will we be? They need to overcome. They they need to overcome it. And I, I know Frank got a lot of stick for just saying the players need to be better. You either need to line up a perfect pass or or someone's going to have to tap into a skill they have yet to display uh, at points this season. Last year, we we found enough answers, not all the answers, but enough answers in in moments of brilliance from Olivier Giroud um, and and Project Restart, Christian Pulisic. Right now, we're all struggling to find that player that can make it happen inside the box. Who, who, who can be aggressive, especially from that midfield? I, I think we saw flashes maybe from Kai Havertz in that last 20 minutes. Uh, you could really see some of the, the flashes of some of those clips that I think we were all pouring over, which is, man, when, when he gets up over a ball uh, and he soars in the air, it just looks so beautiful. He, he is striking down on a header and... Uh, quite honestly, if that actually makes it to the keeper, if they don't get ahead on it, that, that I would really like to see. I think that really tests the keeper, and that has a legitimate chance of going in. We didn't see what Timo could do um, in this system. I think out of all the players, 
uh, Christian's got speed, but Timo's got the speed and um, the wherewithal and some of the power, some of the craftiness in the box, some of the polish that I think we're, we're requiring to unlock some of these teams. So I really have high hopes for what Timo can do right now. I'm really continuing to struggle for answers. Uh, I think uh, I'm, we're like-minded. We didn't know what the answers were with Frank Lampard. Now, it's unfair because it's been one match and one 6 p.m. training session. I, I see possible answers, which is, you know, change, especially with Callum Hudson. Boy, there weren't these gaping spots in the midfield, fellas. Um, that was obvious to the eye, even to the novice. But again, we weren't being challenged at all. It was Wolves. So if, if there's a team that's going to take the game to us a little bit more, might those spaces in the midfield pop back up? Uh, I, I have to preach patience. It's getting more and more difficult to practice it. Dan, what, uh, what grabbed your eye from this match? You know, I think I like that we were trying to find ways to switch it up and actually work through the middle and not always down the flanks, which was kind of nice. I mean, I think we had seen um, this season that uh, as Ben Chilwell's form maybe has um, maybe gone back down a level or two. And, uh, you know, we've had Aspien versus Reese. So you're kind of maybe losing a, a little bit of the the attacking threat there is it just makes it harder to execute as your crosses are the only strategy to get the ball into the box. Um, and when you also only have one person in the box, um, you know, cause look, it was Giroud in the box. Typically maybe Havertz would float in. Um, occasionally it got compressed enough where you would see, you know, Chilwell had that really, really great opportunity to do a Marcus Alonso and, and didn't necessarily execute on it. Um, so I, I like that we were trying to play centrally and trying to find spaces uh but no one was really in that center spot in the the 12 yard or kind of six six yard range where they were making themselves available you know Giroud was either too far out uh or was the only one he kind of had floated to a side and just really didn't make anybody available to to try to get the next pass to then actually free somebody up for a shot and i think you know brandon that was where uh, you know again this is going to be where players need to know where to be in this uh in this system and with one another and i also think it's not necessarily the 11 that we will standardly use in in most scenarios like i think that there are a couple players here that are probably getting evaluated with the hey maybe you weren't getting played this is your opportunity to get a fair shake and depending upon what i've seen now that has either moved you up by kind of you know ranking or has potentially put you back into a bench position? Yeah, I guess. Um, I mean, I kind of like that Tuchel just said, hey, experience is what I went with this lineup for, rather than, because then I think you kind of take a lot of the reading between the lines out of it, and you say, hey, I'm just going to throw these guys out here. Let's see what happens. Um, it doesn't mean anything set in stone. Obviously, everyone aghast and a roar that Mason Mount didn't play. Um, which obviously was a shock to the Chelsea system in the last 18 months. But overall, I think that we got to see a very different looking Chelsea, even in one session. The fact you have a Kovacic-Jorginho double pivot and a four-man midfield, say what? That that was a, a death wish earlier in the season and last year. Um, but it just looked surprisingly, surprisingly cohesive today. And then... Avertz and Ziyech playing very narrow 
uh, even though it was a four three three technically, but then it turned into a yeah. or, sorry three four three. But then it was really like a three four two one. Then it was like a two five two one. <laughs> so that that's kind of my point. Is like the midfield was weird uh, to watch because it was almost like a square. You know, it was yeah. Kovacic and Jorginho, the two, two, and then, two, right? Yeah, and then Ziyech and and Havertz were so pinched in that it they kept doing this kind of like pass around the square thing or they would cut it back one side it was just it was a little different uh, i'm not sure if it was more effective or not but it was something else to look at so to me i think the one thing i just pulled out it was a good reminder that these are professional soccer slash football players they are smart they are good and even in one session they were able to pick up a new philosophy at least the basics of it and run it and i think that's what i actually respect the most about these guys is that they were able to take a new manager's direction and kind of implement it to, you know, 50, 60%. Obviously it wasn't great at the end. We, we weren't fully clicking, but we definitely saw like, Hey, we were going this way. We're definitely going a different direction, right or wrong right now. Um, I, I, as someone who played at a low level, that's not so easy. And I just respected them for that. And, um, yeah, that was kind of the one thing I took out of it. Are we just incapable uh, of hitting balls over defenders because with Ziyech pinched in a little bit more towards that midfield, he's got the the technical ability to do that. Uh, that's where you kind of miss Timo Werner because he's probably the best at making those runs, uh, even though we haven't quite figured out the timing uh, on those runs just yet in the Premier League. But I'm just begging for a more direct play. I'm like Frank Lampard post-match, just more direct. And I think the – look, the, the – the shortest distance between two spots is a straight line mm-hmm. and, and we, and teams keep pushing us to, uh, to the outside. And, and we're just so willing and able to play into that. And we're making the game so much harder for ourselves. I I've seen enough hopeful crosses from the outside to know that we're not the most efficient at, at that. I'd like to try our hand at maybe trying to send some balls over defenders. Is this, a possibility. I, I would like. I was hoping that we'd actually see some of that with a, a new manager, and I, I didn't see it. And I don't know. With in all fairness, understanding all, there's context that needs to be applied here, and personnel decisions that need to be applied here too, and the fact that Wolves were not really in the mood to help no. us experiment with this one, in particular. But I haven't seen that in so long, even dating back to Sorry Ball, because Sorry didn't really do it. Jorginho. Probably You're thinking work. about like the Fabregas type. Yes. The, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and it's a, it's a misnomer that that belongs to to counterattacking football, Nick. It really you don't need to be this counterattacking side to hit a ball over a defender. You can you have tall targets on this team. I don't understand why we don't try it more. I well, I would agree with you that you don't have to be a counterattacking team to do that, but you also can't be. 13 players in the opponent's box either, right? You have yeah. to give yourself some room. And part of the reason why like this high possession, high pressing, always in the opponent's box thing is a really hard thing to pull off unless you have incredible finishers like Liverpool typically does, or, um, you know, you could kind of look at what city does occasionally to break teams down. There is just not much room to operate. So either you, you do what Chelsea have historically done this season, which is hopeful cross in, gets deflected out, recycle, do the thing again, or you 
kind of do what we've done a couple of times, which is the Reese James as Piliqueta, Ziyech from the right-hand side, kind of early ball that kind of flashes across, and maybe you have someone crashing far post. But that's not a, a standard operating procedure for this team yet. And But that's the only one that I've seen consistently work. Like, Dan, you've seen Ziyech occasionally put that thing far post, and maybe there's a header back across where someone's available to tap it in or knock it in. But... Yeah, it's it's a it's a frustrating like to play that game, to play this high possession game, you need to score very early and bring the opponent out. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just going to be hard. Sure. And there were times where we were able to catch Callum on the right-hand side in space and, and that was maybe one of the few times where we caught an attacking player in position. One of the time where Havertz was was making a run in and we caught him with a good ball, the twist and turn mounted at the very end of the match was just a thing of absolute beauty. And like that, if that, if we could do that, it, the ball doesn't necessarily have to go over the top. It just has to go in a in space where someone can make a run, like can make a direct run. And whether that's Timo Werner, whether that's Tammy Abraham, whether that's Callum Hudson-Odoi, whether that's Mason Mount, probably you're, you're most likely to make that run. Um, I, and I love you know, the Kovacic had a really good rebound game here, but I, I don't want him to be the person who's getting the opportunity to take the majority of the shots. Um, you know, high volume shooters need to be the Callums, need to be the Tammies because the conversion is going to be much higher and that's going to lead to the inevitable, you know, one nil, two nil victories in these type of matches. It's, it's a good point though, right? Because we survived for six, seven seasons on Eden Hazard beating someone and scoring mm-hmm. a goal or right? multiple people at once multiple people <laughs> yeah so but i mean that's a way to beat a really good low block team is to have a guy who's just 10 times better than the opponent who can you know basically do it himself but that's not you know clearly that's not who we have on this team right now we have a bunch of of technically gifted players who are looking for someone else to finish a move instead of doing it themselves. Nick, I, I feel like we have a bunch of players that are also learning the Premier League. Even uh, when Sorry Ball was, and it's probably arguably most boring to watch, you always had the Eden Hazard button. And at times you also had Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who was a big mm-hmm. body, who could bully his way into the box and make something happen directly. You're kind of counting on Kai Havertz to be that, just from seeing the formation. He's the most natural midfielder to get into that box. It's not just because it's height. It's because of his all-world attacking skill, and he's not quite there in his pre- in his Premier League career just yet. We need to get him online. We need to get one of him or Timo online because when they're cooking, they have the skill to really unlock all the problems that ail Chelsea right now. We need their help. Mm-hmm. All right. Cosine. Good segue. Good segue. Now we can talk into some of the players because, I mean, let's be honest, we can't talk too much about style under Tuchel, the first the first one. Um, did appreciate he had three subs. Wished I would have seen him a little bit earlier, but, uh, you know, I can't, I can't complain too much after the first match. Uh, I think Calm was probably one of the standout players on the day. Uh, even uh, Thomas Tuchel had some good good words of praise from afterwards. So he said, quote, dribbling, runs, one-on-ones, intensity, defensively, he had to help in a back five. We didn't want to suffer too much when they had possession. Calm was Conte. the- Conte. Hey, Conte is back. Uh, suffer. <laughs> yes. Suffer. We did uh, it. 
Callum was uh, the key on the side with his speed and confidence, end quote. So 11 crosses, two key passes, four dribbles, five of his nine ground duels, one three tackles. He looked lively, Dan. He absolutely, um, you know, he. you could say when you look at that lineup, he's the one inexperienced guy in that team. He, he's, he's the young gun, maybe besides Kai Averts, but Kai Averts has many more minutes than him. So he had to go out there and prove himself that he belonged there. This is exciting. So, you know, I know that, you know, Tuchel was saying that he was going to pick off of experience. And and actually, the selection of Callum is a selection that is not necessarily one based off experience. You know, he has started, you know, three or four Premier League matches in total this season. Uh, he has sub a thousand minutes in terms of contribution. Obviously, he is contributing kind of goals and assists at a higher level than about, you know, eight tenths to 80% of the team, you know, it's really uh drew Tammy. Um, and then like Callum kind of sits under there just on kind of a, a per minute, uh, per 90 basis. But yeah. Uh, imagine if he didn't have to, uh, play, you know, right wing back and, uh, could have played an actual <laughs> forward attacking position, uh, with less of the defensive responsibility. And don't get me wrong, Mike, like he contributed in that sense of fashion when he was called upon, like he, he was doing many people's jobs. He was very comfortable spinning the plates, and he has definitely shown that he has a lot of tricks in his bag. And if if Thomas is the guy who's going to unlock and make Callum the Premier League starter that I think all of us would agree that we know he can be, that is is a very exciting process. I'm excited for Callum, uh, even though this is not necessarily the position a lot of us wanted to see, especially coming after that um, FA Cup tie. This might be a legitimate in that starting 11 and we want a dynamite starting 11 don't we and i think thomas sukel can thank frank lampard in that he has a lot of players that can play on the wing that can track back and do good defensive work callum hudson adoy chief among them christian pulisic works mason mount he's shown in his career that he can play on the wing and be one of the best pressing uh wings if you put him there even though i think i speak for everybody here we prefer him in the midfield I'm excited that Callum took this opportunity and ran with it. Uh, I thought outside of the Kai Havertz uh, attempt late, which um, really wasn't talked about enough by the broadcasting team because I thought that was a really good chance. Callum Hudson-Odoi was aggressive in the end, and he's melding the the young aggressive Callum Hudson-Odoi that probably went for gold too much during, sorry, because he was sorry for opportunity. Um, and the player that looked to distribute probably a little too much in the early parts of this season under Frank Lampard, we're seeing that melded together from a different part of the field. I'm excited about this development, guys, because um, Twitter gets to be a pretty dis- uh, divisive place when you start thinking that the problems are one person isn't playing over the other rather than concentrating on other things that ail the team. This is a way to get one of those talented players on the pitch and get us outside of that conversation. Um, And ultimately, I think this can really help the team, and I'm really starved to see more of it, quite honestly. Nick, where are you on this? I I mean, if we play a team that has more than 17% possession, what happens? Like, that's my only question is, like, Callum was by far the brightest spot of the day. I don't think that's a, you know, breaking news to anybody here, but I I worry I you know, playing a team like City, playing a team like even Villa right now who are really great at counterattacking or whatever. Like teams that are going to have or teams that are going to try 
in play, <laughs> unlike Wolves did today. Like I think I think that's when we might get bitten a little bit. Now, look, having Dave back there as a as a safety valve is is always gonna you know. It's, I mean, it's what Conte relied on for for two years when he was here. It's just it, you know, if, if Victor Moses gets beat on the wing, we have a backup, right? But I, I think I think that's the only thing I'm worried about. I'm if I'm Reese James, I'm a little curious, right? Uh, it, you know, because I also, if I'm Reese James, can cross the ball. I also can get a field. I I can do some of these same things. I can overlap, and you know, I also would like to have Dave behind me. So I, it'll be intriguing. You know, I, I listened to a lot. Um, you know, I listened to the zonal, uh, zonal marking podcast last night with Michael Cox, and he was kind of breaking down uh, Tuchel's style. And apparently, he rotates like crazy. Um, so we'll see what kind of happens with that. But I think the the most interesting tweet of the day, Brandon, was was brought on by Chelsea Youth, who said, if you think pandemic ball is weird now, wait till March, because all these guys are going to be dead tired. And it it kind of strikes me like, you know, the energy that Chelsea played with today, I don't think is sustainable for another five months or four months, I, I guess. So... It'll be interesting to see if the if the style is paired back, or if there's selective pressing, or if the, the team is able to move as a unit a little bit slower and not live in the opponent's box. I'm I'm intrigued by all that stuff. But Cal was great today, and probably the the only spot that I would like super highlight. I guess I know you're trying to bait me into the rumors that Frank overtrained them, and I deny you that. No, I actually <laughs> I'm, I I'm not doing that. I, I know I was trying I, to drag you matches. into that. Actually, no, mm. <laughs> no, I. Uh, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It could be, you know, the new manager bounce. Everyone's, you know, out there running their ass off to try to make sure they stay in the lineup, um, you know, against Burnley at the weekend. We'll see. But uh, the one of the interesting ones, I think, is it, we talked a little bit about Rudiger, or I'm sorry, Georgina Kovacic, but Rudiger being included again um, at the expense of Zuma, I think you'd say. So Rudiger, in case you didn't know, uh, was highly sought after by Thomas Tuchel when he was at PSG. So I think a lot of, and apparently, I'm not going to you know push rumors, he reached out to Tuchel, but I bet they have a good relationship, both German, things like that, whatever. So he's in the lineup. So you kind of had an eye on him a little bit tonight. And it just reminded me that like when Rudiger is on, he's on. But when he's off, holy smokes. So he had, he had like a very easy clearance in the second half with his head and he just duffed it because he missed time to, and it went to the top of the box instead of like out wide or things like that. You know, there's other times in this back three, he's a very athletic defender. He can keep up with a lot of those guys in that channel, which is typically very hard for center backs. So I just am stuck on this Rudiger thing. I, I, my biggest question is if we play a back three, does Zuma have a role in this team going forward? I see a lot uh, of head shaking right now. It's it's wild. Okay, th- you, here's how wild the season is. Kurt Zuma is our number one center back for the last 18 months, essentially. I mean, I, I know that there was some weirdness last year, but I mean, he's been he's been the stalwart, and now he's fourth choice. <laughs> uh, like, I, I mean, who knows if that's the thing that keeps up? But he's, he hasn't featured that much in the last couple of weeks, right? And, and Rudiger's kind of taken over. Rudiger was started the season fifth choice, and now, and now Tamori's gone. <laughs> Who looks awesome at AC Milan, by the way? Um, cool. Um, Shock. 
Shock. Yep. <laughs> Here's the thing that I am super shocked about. But Dan, Dan to me, I don't know, man. Like Zuma, here's the thing about Zuma. Like, I, I don't think when we've seen him in a back three that he's looked the most comfortable. I think he's more comfortable playing in a in a back four. But it's just it it's a wild selection to me. I don't know. Yeah, I get that. I do think that is right that Zuma in a back three versus Rudiger in a back three, you maybe give the edge to Rudiger. I think you were potentially not expecting Wolves, you know, uh, Jimenez out, you know, that you weren't expecting much of an attacking threat from them. And so if you think that you're going to have more of the ball, maybe you feel more comfortable with with Rudiger in there to kind of push it forward or ping it long. Here's the other end of it, though. We had 12 corners. Mm-hmm. Like you're not you're you're not telling me that Kurt Zuma couldn't have, you know, Arizuma one of those bad boys into the back of the net today. Rudiger because did. I think he could have, Mike. Rudiger did force a save, at least on one of them. The thing with Rudiger, his entire Chelsea career, is the only person who knows where the ball is going less when it comes off of his head is than me is him. Uh, I, I've got no clue. It's almost I keep having to look and see if his head's not round um, because it <laughs> it just takes very strange bounces. Uh, it's the Dennis Rodman meme where it's just it's 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 weird. Uh, I, you're right. When you highlight the amount of corners that we have and considering how great the set pieces were cooking for Chelsea, specifically because of Kurt Zuma, if we're going to do this thing where we're not going to have direct play and we're not going to challenge teams over the top and we're just going to work the outside and hopeful cross FC our way to some corners, then he needs to be out there. Even if he isn't a defensive fit for you, he's an attacking weapon. Um, look, Thiago Silva, I don't think is going to be coming off the field now. It, Lampard trusts him, and you know Tuchel trusts him. So I, I think that Zuma can help just like you guys. I'm also perplexed, but I, I guess I shouldn't be because this has been the deal with our center backs for the last <laughs> two and a half years. It, yeah, someone's in favor, someone's out of favor. You see someone for five straight games and then they go missing. It's it's a confusing time here at Chelsea FC. But that, for a remarkably inconsistent team, the mystery surrounding our center backs has been the most consistent thing about this side. So what we get for having Cahill and, and JT for so long and then JT and, and Carrillo... It's like it hasn't been a problem for so long. It's like, well, here we are. <laughs> we're we're finally catching up on all the debt we'd owed on the the credit we'd build up with with JT at the center back. Didn't matter who you put him with. Uh, but the formation, we'll have to see how it goes. Obviously, um, eh, it, like I said, I guess I I kind of opened a little bit of a, a mess there by bringing up Rudiger. But it's something to keep an eye on as as the season goes. Brandon, I mean, Brandon, there was a bunch of. I'm sorry, goal, goalkeeper union. One of these things that has really stuck out and probably will only rear its ugly head more with if <laughs> if Tuchel intends to keep this formation going. By the way, shout out to Ben Chilwell for Jeff uh, of the Night. Um, his confused look when he was <laughs> pulled off for Christian Pulisic. Just personally trying to figure out exactly how that would work. Uh, Chilwell and Mendy Brandon, goalkeeper union, I got to ask you your opinion. It seems as though... 
they cannot get on the same page when you have these weird in-between balls and we're giving teams a real advantageous throw-in on our own end. What is going on with Chilwell and Mendy? Yeah, even when Mendy kind of came out and had that duffed clearance and we, we've kind of seen this a little bit, I think Mendy is not trusting his defenders as much as he was when he came in or he's getting gotten comfortable and confident. And now we're seeing like the real mending. We're like, Oh shit. Hey, back it up, boss. Keep, <laughs> we don't need that. Let them chase that down. Uh, it's usually one of the two. You just don't trust your defenders to do the right thing. So you're like, I'm going to come deal with it. Um, so we're going to have to figure that out a little bit. Chill. I don't know. Nick, show was, show was in a rut, man. Uh, he's, uh, th- this was the worst performance of the night, I think by a country mile. And it, it's been it's been not great for a while. I mean, and, and it's not, you know, I, I don't know what the what the solve is, but you know, given the incredible depth that we have at left back, um, I, I am, uh, I'm, you know, I so, someone tweeted today, you know, Mark Alonso's like ready to come back in now. Like this is his time. Like it's it's Alonso time. He's going to come off and be the only goal scorer in matches again. You know, it's well, wild. We've got we've got a Spurs match coming up, just FYI. And you know who loves to score <laughs> yeah. versus Spurs? Good shout. His name is Marcus Alonso. Yeah. That's <laughs> a good shout. Uh maybe a solution here as as we're trying to navigate what how Reese James feels about this stuff is Aspie can be uh, an option for you here, uh, I guess, if you need to give Ben Chilwell some rest. I did appreciate some of the the, the meaty tackles he had, but for me, it kind of looked more like lack of pace and a guy that was tired, and he was probably tailing along, and he had to turn to more physical aspects of his game, Nick. This looked like end of last season Leicester Ben Chilwell, not preseason Chelsea Ben Chilwell. I mean, he he looks gassed and... You know, the crosses aren't crisp. The passing's not accurate. I mean, how many times did he get mixed up with whoever was kind of overlapping? It was it was not good. It was not good. And and I think maybe a little bit of, of rotation there is not going to be the end of the world. I mean, the, the fact remains that we're still going to have a million matches in 12 days, uh, you know, worth of time. So, you know, it's, that's, that's not changing. It's like whether or not he can recuperate. Um, and... Apparently, Tuchel is just as uh, hardworking on the training pitch uh, as Lampard was, so I don't think these guys are going to catch a break there by any means. Well, especially because Tuchel is going to want to get his hands all over him and like really understand what he's got you know, going forward and things like that. So um, this is not the time. Weird way to phrase that, but sure. Especially yeah. during a pandemic. Yeah, man, come on. <laughs> I haven't adjusted to this new world. I apologize. <laughs> um, I think last one we can touch on is is Mason Mount, um, someone who is going to be looking to create a new identity for himself, I think, Mike Ryan. Um, obviously, bad news for him. The guy that trusted him with his own life is gone. <laughs> the good news... Papa! The, the good <laughs> news, potentially, is that while Jorginho is pegged as a sorry player, Mason can show some versatility uh, that he isn't just a Frank player, that he actually is a good footballer. So it it's a it's a weird but potentially good opportunity for him. And he looked sharp. He looked great. Uh, you guys know the movie Fight Club? It's one of my favorite movies. You know mm-hmm. that scene, spoiler alert, uh, that scene where Tyler Durden, played by Brad Pitt, pulls Jared Leto aside 
and Edward Norton is sort of watching this, <laughs> and he is just totally envious because Jared Leto now has the relationship with Tyler Durden that he once had. So then they end up getting in a fight, Edward Norton and Jared Leto, and Edward Norton beats the crap out of Jared Leto. Trust me, this is probably not a tried and true analogy, but follow me on this. And Edward Norton is just furious at, at the end, and Jared Leto is a bloody mess, and they ask Edward Norton, um, why'd you do that? And he just responds, I felt like destroying something beautiful. Mason Mount felt like destroying something very ugly today in that Wolves back line. When he came in, probably fueled by seeing Christian Pulisic and Thomas Tuchel laugh it up after that halftime speech or whatever, understanding that <laughs> father, uh, father, he had home. that he had that relationship with his manager prior to uh, Mason Mount. It could have gone one of two ways um, with that sub. Now, granted, I'm with everyone on the zoom i wanted to see the subs sooner especially when you see the contributions those subs made uh, i kind of feel like if we had 10 more minutes of mason mount and christian pulisic and tammy abraham we probably would have come come away with three points but mm -hmm. whatever we're we're all learning this together and we all have to be patient mason mount was really good and i i do we do have a side chat and i do kind of lament the um the, uh, the general feeling that Mason Mount tries more than everybody else. I think Mason Mount, maybe his motions aren't as fluid as some of the other players, and, and, and the look is that he tries more. <laughs> and I oh, don't boy. think, I think everyone on this team, for the most part, is a professional, and they all try very hard. But I will, having said that, Mason Mount looked like he was trying really hard in this game. He looked, yeah. and he looked dynamic in ways that um, he is flash sometimes. My whole thing with Mason Mount is I haven't seen the dynamism yet for uh, an every game starter from Mason Mount. And he's improved aspects of, those, uh, of his game um, this season. Um, and we continue that upward trajectory with this Wolves match. It was a really good uh, performance from him because when you look around and you, you try to perhaps peg an odd man out, um, given the narrative around him, Mason Mount might be one of those people that you peg as someone that might not have the same regular playing time. And he, he was given a very small opportunity today, and he did the most with it outside of getting it on the score sheet. My my favorite my favorite part of this hey I'm gonna go with the experience thing today was like yeah you could you did that but those are the guys who have not been performing <laughs> like the young guys are the ones for the most part and, and not without fault obviously but the young guys have been the ones that are consistently approaching their level more consistently than Jorginho and Kovacic have over the last year I mean it's 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 kind of a wild thing and like yeah I mean Mike and I vehemently dis we traded voice messages last week we were we were all over this thing last week, but I, what, what, what I saw was an ultra aggressive Mason Mount, which is something I think we haven't really seen in a while. Uh, he's been pretty, I think Dan, he's been tasked with making up for other people's mistakes, Mason Mount and, and kind of patrolling and recovering and, and passing and, and that kind of thing. This this guy looked like I want to get into the box, Mason Mount, which is that's an interesting one. We haven't seen that guy in a while. Yeah, he uh, he was trying to uh, give the uh, 
lay others on the ground like McGregor in the in the box there today. <laughs> he was throwing his body back. He was, uh, you know, using his arms a little bit and uh, definitely had a physicality to what he was doing in that last, you know, 10 minutes or so really tried to to influence the game and tried to do what he could with what was remaining. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think Mason will be a continued contributor this season. I just, it doesn't make sense to me that he would find a way out of this lineup other than to actually maybe give him some rest, which was maybe a nice gift from Tuchel. He's probably like, well, I know you will be one of my starters for the long term, but I also need to figure out which players I need to immediately not consider a starter. So let me play as many of them as possible during this one match and then i can kind of you know you know do an elimination off that which is probably easier than having to rotate one or two in at a time and then it takes you five six weeks to really get a a full feel for the you know the 11 you really want all right well you guys have made me wait this long to say when i hear a player looks like he's trying hard i just remember back to college when we were doing sprints and we had this one guy who's just slow as dirt and the coach yelled at him to (laughs) unhitch the plow (laughs) And he didn't know what it meant. And so he explained it to him. Like, you look like you're running really fast, but you're not. <laughs> so thankfully, Mason is much more graceful than that. But you guys made me hold on to that memory, which is why I was laughing like a kid by myself over here. So, um, all right, Dan, pressure time. Dan, of the match, the poll is in. I feel like you have some people that you want to yell at in this one. Not really. No, I don't want to yell at people. Uh, the people got it right. Because I only gave the one option. Four options are Callum Hudson Adoy. And uh, 100% victory. Flawless. <laughs> Flawless execution. Oh, all Should right. Have been three nominees Callum Hudson Adoy. Yeah, he was. Oy, oy, yeah, oy. I, I've, I, I've done that before. I, I could have done the oi, oi, oi. But yeah, and then. People uh, always the fun- go for the first option, though. It's biased. Yep. You always yeah. go for option A. Yeah, if you, if you want to really juice your customer service numbers, you make sure whatever number you want people to rate at is the first number that they see left to right. Uh, but Frank uh, also put out that his uh, a alternative Dan of the you match should clarify was the fucking he had to drink. I think you should yeah. clarify. Uh, yeah. Really important <laughs> clarification. You have Frank Lampard uh, responded. <laughs> yeah, it's also Frank L too, so it would be really funny. Uh, Frank Levesque, who's uh, we've actually had a chance to to see in London. Um, Said his dad in the match was the fucking tea he had to drink to not fall asleep <laughs> during the match. So, yeah, caffeine. Caffeine could be a rubber up. MVT. It works. You know what I'm saying, guys? <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Boom. All right. Look, the table as it stands after a round of midweek matches. Man City running away with the title. 19 matches played, 41 points. United losing to fucking Sheffield United 2 1. <laughs> Let's go, Round. 20 point or 20 matches played 40 points so they're done and dusted uh watch that rock fall leicester city in third on 39 points west ham fucking united in fourth place on 35 points like end it now liverpool still falling uh and 34 points in fifth tottenham six on 33 points everton seven 33 points chelsea eight in 30 points and arsenal Winning again and now level on points with Arsenal, who are ninth on 30 points. It's not where you want to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Villa got caught today, by the way. Villa got caught by Burnley. Burnley. They got got squared in the mouth. That was weird. I did not see that coming. 
And guess who Chelsea play next? The Inform Burnley. Yeah, um, of course but, we do. Yeah, normally you could count on on Burnley also being defensive, but they've been opening up. They were super open against Chelsea, and Chelsea got them last time. So maybe this is the right opponent coming at the right time, and a much needed six point swing is. I got to look back at Burnley now. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, some of these results are shifting, right? Like West Ham, they beat Palace with three two, ton of goals. Arsenal. Pretty convincingly beating a very up to this point informed Southampton three to one. Man City pounding West Brom five nothing is what you would expect from this resurgent City team. Obviously, we drew zero zero with Wolves. Burnley again three two over Villa. Brighton and Fulham nil nil, and then Sheffield two United one. Everton Leicester one one. Like we were on par with Brighton Fulham in this last forty eight hour window. So we've got some work to do, uh, but. Hopefully, a step in the right direction was to stop the bleeding so we can make some improvements if you're looking for a silver lining. Tottenham-Liverpool tomorrow should be pretty interesting, fifth versus sixth there. But um, obviously, goals are going to be needed in this league. So we're going to have to figure that one out uh, hopefully quite soon. But anyways, that's going to be a wrap. My crying Ruiz, thank you, sir. Friend first, podcast rival second. So glad to have you on the pod, sir. We are not rivals. Until we speak again, up the chills. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, hopefully we have a Matt Law pod for you yet this week, and then obviously we'll flip with the Burnley match review as we always do. Big one, as Mike Ryan just pointed out there. So anyways, go chat with us. Let us know what we messed up on. Let us know what you disagree with. Maybe we, even if you agree with something, Discord through Patreon is the best way to do that. But anyways, thank you, Chelsea fans, so the rare, much. The rare agreement. <laughs> Sometimes you do. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Chelsea fans, for listening. You're the best part of this. But until next time, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.